0: Welcome to the Permission to Be You podcast. A podcast designed to inspire you, to provoke you into giving yourself permission to be you. I started this podcast because I am convinced that we have no idea of the impact that we can have on others by simply being ourselves. I'm Diane Shvira, and I'm your host. I'm really, really tempted to imitate or copy other podcasters in the way that they introduce their guests. But I'm really bad at that, and I'd really like to stick to my own way of introducing the people with whom I have a conversation, and I'd rather let the conversation speak for itself. All I can say about this particular conversation is that Mira Griffiths has had a varied, rich life, even though she's only 40 years old. Now, does age have anything to do with having a rich experience of life? No. I suppose I was just impressed by the number of places that she's lived in and all her insights and learnings, which you can hear or listen to if you, as usual, sit back, upload this, listen to it in your car, whilst you're washing the dishes, whilst you're going for a walk, in whichever way you want to. This is a conversation really worth listening to. Hello, Mira. Hey. Welcome to this podcast and thank you for accepting the invitation. (laughs)
1: Thank you for inviting me. I'm very humbled to be here.
0: Mm, Humbled. Mira, as I said just now before we started recording, I am never prepared. So the little, I know something about you, but very little. Mm -hmm. I hear an accent, which I really, really like. Mm So for the benefit of the listeners, could you introduce yourself? Could you say what you do, what you're passionate about, where you come from, and why you have this charming accent? <laughs> oh, okay. So there's there's a, there's a
1: few things to it, but let's start from the end. Well, I'm a coach and I'm a counselor as well. I used to do different things in the past i used to be a physiotherapist and i used to run a rehab center as well so all of that experience got me where i am right now i think and i come from let's let's go from the end again i'm in berlin right now but i'm originally from croatia where I lived, actually Yugoslavia, where I lived until I was 12 years old. And then when war started, we moved as refugees to Serbia. I lived there until I was 24, 25, and then I left to Dubai. Lived there for 12 years. And then I came to Germany. Where I'm at (laughs) the moment.
0: (laughs) Wow. So it's you move to Serbia, uh huh, Dubai, and you're in Germany. Yeah. Now, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's quite. Yeah. Um...
1: It's a journey, isn't it? When I look back at at all that process of choosing the moment when to move, moving country where to move, all of that seems to have just fallen. Uh, or or just was the right time to do it. And I I never planned any of it, never planned any of it. Why Dubai? Well, I think, well, I remember I just had an idea that I wanted to leave the country. And my friend moved like few months before she moved to UK. And then I thought, well, why why don't I do that? I don't really like living here. I didn't like the politics. I didn't like what was happening at the moment. Yeah, being Serbia. Uh, yeah, in Serbia. And I think I wanted a different life. I was in Switzerland a few years before that, during bombing. I think it was ninety-nine in Serbia. And I was in Switzerland to visit a friend of mine after it. And and I just saw a different life and I just wanted a different life. And I guess that Initiated idea of wanting to live somewhere else. And I think having a Serbian passport at the time, it was difficult to move into any other countries without difficulties with visas and all of that. And a friend of mine said, Do you want to go to Dubai? And I'm like, Yeah. She said, There's a friend of mine, she's got an agency. It's all legit, it's all fine. They're looking for physiotherapists over there. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't even think. I just made a decision in that moment. And I, few months after that, I, I was away. So, yeah. Wow, that's quite quite a, a rich journey. Yeah, and I, when I remember right now, I didn't even know where Dubai was at the time. It was 2004. I mean, Dubai wasn't popular as it is now. <laughs>
0: Okay, so physio, rehab. you worked in a rehab center, counselor, yeah, I... and now you're a coach. Mm-hmm. Why, as I said, again, in our private conversations, mm. before I invited you to be my guest, mm. I knew that you were a listener, so thank you for listening. You're welcome. But also, there was something inside of me saying, Mira, Mira, Mira. And I thought, okay, I'm going to listen to this thought in my head and invite her to have a conversation with me. Why did you accept my invitation to this podcast with a very particular intention, permission to be you? I I suppose, you know, as a listener, you know what I'm trying to convey. Well, it, it, it just it's it's
1: i think we all search for ourselves if that makes sense we all we're all growing as 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 human beings and and hopefully becoming more conscious and, and much better towards ourselves and people around us and i think all the troubles that i've Whenever, whenever I got into a, a trouble or a problem or a difficulty in my life, it was always when I wasn't congruent with myself. When I was congruent with myself, I, it was always a different thing. It was always going with, I probably wouldn't be. Much far, if I said I was in flow with life, I was Mm. in flow with myself. I was making right decisions. It wasn't always easy, but it was kind of taking me to the next
0: step and to the next step. Can you explain to me what being in what congruent with myself means to you, please? Well, yeah, it is doing what I think I should do.
1: Trusting my own thinking not think one thing and then somebody says oh I, you know i don't think this is right or you should do that and i go yeah yeah okay I'll, I'll do what you want i'll do what what you think i should do because i think this was this was the change when i was younger mm-hmm. and you know as i said you know i thought of doing this and then i did it and all of that mm-hmm. Why I became a physiotherapist was also a story of what would you like to do, and I said that, and and my dad supported me in that. So, I think when I was younger, I kind of felt that I, I always had a permission to be me, but permission given by somebody else.
0: Permission. Uh yeah so can i translate that so Mm -hmm. you you felt that you had to ask for permission to be yourself or you gave yourself permission to be because i I... no before before Mm -hmm. yeah i was looking for
1: permission and i think that comes from from a time when you're a child you you ask for things that can i do this or can i go visit my friend and stuff like that so i I was I was doing all these outrageous things. People think, but I would always have a support in doing them from my
0: father. Ah, so before you decided to actually follow your heart and become a physiotherapist, you needed your father's blessing.
1: Yeah. Mm. But I think he really, really knew me well, so he never he just trusted me my own thinking and my own path that was this it wasn't it wasn't something that he's done or he hasn't done he just trusted me that i know what's best for me and he was going along with that he was saying yes just go on and do it and uh, when he passed away i then had to look well i was searching a lot and giving looking into what society thinks what i can do or can't do what i should do what i shouldn't do and this is where i went through lots of lots of pain in my life and i think this was my biggest learning learning to to trust myself and give myself
0: permission to be me do you have any stories about so what i'm hearing is this mm. Your father passed away and he was your reference point mm-hmm. so you thought of something like i'd like to become in this case mm-hmm. a physiotherapist mm-hmm. let me talk about it my let me talk about it with my dad he's kind of your sounding board mm-hmm. and you got his blessing. when your father died you looked mm-hmm. for another reference point where mm-hmm. am i going to get my permission from now that he's gone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly, exactly. so can you tell us a story of how, how, you, how this experience helped you to grow into the mirror I am now speaking to now and seeing so clearly? Mm. Well,
1: I think I started listening to myself. And this was when I was in lots of pain. It was, I think I was 32, maybe. What was causing the pain? But I think it was grief as well after he passed away. Not, I think I was lost. And there was lots of things that I couldn't explain to myself. I think it was, it was lots of chaos internally. And, and the way how I could self-doubt, not good enough. I even thought I was ugly and fat, so I was controlling my eating habits. I was, I think I was partly torturing myself to to not be myself. If that makes sense, <laughs>
0: it's really not funny. But what are we like
1: torturing yeah, it's, ourselves? It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, to be something that you're not, mm. just because somebody said that you should look like this or you should feel like that. I think it was lots about failure. You shouldn't feel happy now. You should feel sad now. And I think there is lots of that in in our society where people tell you that you should be happy. People tell you that you shouldn't be happy. People tell you that, why aren't you angry now? Because this and that happened. There's lots of stuff that we are taught or we think that we should be thinking or feeling but th- it's not us um, so yeah then i started drinking to remove all of that clatter all of that chatter out of my my mind mm-hmm. and and then when i started doing this it was it was wasn't easy to bounce back
0: but i guess so you that started was- drinking to to stop the self-doubt to numb yourself to all the chaos that was in your mind
1: yeah yeah i think to to reduce the pain there was still this part of me that was i that was much stronger than all of that and i pulled myself out of it i i I looked for help i pulled myself out of it and i think this was my biggest self-discovery really knowing that whatever I go through, I can pull myself out of it. It's really strong. I mean, who I am is much stronger than everything else, but it's just chatter can be, can be louder, you know?
0: Internal chatter can be louder. Internal chatter and sometimes in my case is, is so loud, it's deafening. Mm-hmm. So would you say you were 32 when this when when mm. your father passed away if i got that correctly
1: Yeah I, I was 30 but i had few years of i wouldn't say stability adjusting to it and then when i saw when you when you think when you have the picture of your life and it should be something and suddenly it isn't then things collapse and I think it took about a year or two for it to collapse. I, I think I, I my willpower
0: <laughs> just went away. Willpower you know, for life or willpower in general?
1: Uh, well, willpower to well to hold to hold on to something that isn't true. You need lots of will, isn't it? Mm. And and then there is so much and, and then you just and you just give
0: up. So the death of your father was mm-hmm. is representative of some of the death of the chatter. Mm. Kind of I always think and I'm convinced, even though that I don't think that's entirely true, that in darkness we grow. Oh, yeah. And it seems to me that the death of your father was a dark period in your life. because You had no reference. You had no one to, besides losing someone you loved dearly and if you got on with him really well, mm-hmm. um, then you're, you have, you're facing that grief. Mm. But also you lost a reference point. And because yeah. he was gone, then you had to rediscover who Mira truly is is and was Mm. and you discovered that without him you could trust yourself Mm. am i translating it properly oh yeah yeah and it's it's
1: i think that's 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 constant learning trusting yourself is a constant learning and sometimes sometimes you fail but then you fail in things you think you know but then you learn and it's like a it's 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 finding the constant balance, and I think that that kind of takes lots of trusting yourself and allowing yourself to be wrong, allowing mm-hmm. yourself to fail, allowing yourself to to not not be this ideal you that you think you should be, seeing that. You are responsible for lots of things in your life because not because you're a bad person, but because you haven't seen them
0: and because you're human and because you're human. Yeah, now for the first time in a conversation, I've been taking notes Mm. because I was I thought to myself, I'm not going to remember everything she's saying. I mean, there were so many things (laughs) that you did. in Serbia. You you lived in you you were born in Croatia, which is now Croatia. I'm really bad in geography, okay? So yeah, 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 yeah. You you were born in what is formerly known as Yugoslavia, Yugoslavia, which then became Croatia, and then you moved to Serbia and then you moved to Dubai. At one point you were in Switzerland and now you're in Germany. But yeah. whoa even saying that I'm out of breath. But I'm interested also to know about I'm always looking for stories, as I said before, such as recording. mm, mm. Into why did you change from a phys, being a physiotherapist, to going into? I'm not sure if they're the correct chronological order. Into a rehab center, and then a counselor, and now a coach. I'm interested in knowing what that was for you, in terms of my uh, wanting to point always to this Mm. subject, to the permission to being ourselves, in, in whichever way it looks like for my guest. Well, it was, it was kind
1: of, uh, I mean, my whole idea of being physiotherapist when I decided to do that when I was 14 years old, uh, it was helping people with suffering. It was during the war time. It was, I think, about two years into war. I was supposed to be choosing what am I going to do in life. There was lots of pain around me. There was lots of people coming from war and injuries and lost limbs, paralyzed, all of that. And and I was and I was seeing something in it. And what I saw is that I really want to help people to recover and reduce their pain. That was in my mind then. And and what I could see then is that being a physiotherapist is something I can help them then and I think as I evolved, as I learned, mm-hmm. I, I went into pain management later on in life as a physiotherapist and I discovered that so much of our pain is, is, you know, is it relates to our psyche. A little bit of it is physical and People I met, my patients, and stories I've heard have helped me discover where our perception of world comes from, mm. and and then later on, all the training and everything that what I've learned, and that slowly took me towards where am I now. One one of the stories that I think made the. Th- I think that story helped me through my life, whether I was conscious of it at the time or not. It was a guy that I met when I was a student, my last year of studies. As a physiotherapist. As a physiotherapist. He, so we were still students in a group practicing in this rehab center. And there was this guy who was really funny. He was joking all the time. He was in a good mood because there was lots of them in this one room, exercising at the same time, lots of physios and lots of students. We were put in groups and we couldn't sit with every patient because some of them were not, they didn't want to because they were either depressed or angry or didn't want people around them. They were all paralyzed in some way. Some of them were quadriplegic. Some of them were paraplegic. But there was usually a big injury there. This guy was totally different. We were standing next to him, and he what turns out is that it was self self inflicted injury. He was driving recklessly, driving a bike, fell, and severed his spinal column on, <laughs> yeah, so he was paraplegic, and it was really high injury so he couldn't control his abdominal muscles either so for him it was difficult to sit but he was coming on his own to rehab centers he had physio two times per day in the morning in a rehab center in the afternoon he had a private physio at home and it was only six months after the injury he was already coming with a car doing his own transfers even though he couldn't sit properly driving, and he knew everything about his body and his injury. And we, were, we, we, were, we could not believe what was happening. Our professor was like, really? This is the first time I see something like this. So we first thought that he was a physio or a doctor or somebody. He was, no, 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 I'm a car mechanic. But I decided to live my life as best as I can. So I had to learn all of this stuff. He said he was really depressed when it happened. He was angry and he wanted to die. And he said, and I think what I know now, he had an insight. He said, he said, I don't want to live like this. This is what I realized. And then I realized I don't really want to kill myself. I like living. Mm. But then if I really want to live, I need to change my mind. I need to make the best of it. And this was the big insight for him, I think, where he he totally changed and he, he became alive Mm. and he was lifting, emotionally lifting everybody up around himself. You know, he invited a friend of mine for a coffee and she was like, "Mm, you know, I've got a boyfriend. (laughs) I think she was feeling uncomfortable. And he was like, yeah, so what? As if I can do something (laughs) like he was really joking and really, It was really strange. And I think that story, meeting that person, just meeting him. And I think I met him for... I saw him once in my life. And it was for probably just a few hours as long as he was there. And that story, I think, changed... Not changed my life, but was with me through all my life to help me see that there is something beyond suffering that there is something larger than what i can see what i can feel Mm
0: -hmm. what's interesting to me is how does it how did it give you the permission i mean i I try it's a beautiful Mm. story Mm. but i'm interested in it and it's short of a miracle because he's living is he's not a walking miracle because he's a paraplegic Mm -hmm. but he's a living miracle how did that story give you the permission to, I I don't have a good question. It's, Mm. It's for me, it's, I'm trying to see how it helped you move on in your life, how it helped you believe in yourself, how it helped you give yourself the permission to, to really listen or to be Mira. What's your maiden surname, Mira? Great. Miroslava. 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 Yeah. Mm,
1: nice. That's full, yeah. Ah, the surname, the Kulik, sorry. C U L I C. Ah, so what's Miroslava? It's my full name, but I I rarely use it because it's difficult to pronounce. Miroslava, it's <laughs> beautiful, you know. It actually means celebrating peace. Wow. Mir is peace and Slava is celebration.
0: Wow. Was that a fair question? See, I always try to to bring stories back to mm. how they've affected you in your life. And I think <coughs> you've, you've said, yes, I think there's something bigger than, than me. Mm. And, and that's what it, what it gave to you. But I'm trying to bridge that to... Maybe that that means that what is that what it means to you? Is that what permission means to you? What does it mean to you, permission to be you? That li- perhaps linked to the story. Yeah, I think
1: you, you I once asked the question on LinkedIn, what does it mean to you permission to be me? And I think what I said then would it still applies. Although lots of things changes, no. <laughs> it's permission to be me is not asking for permission to be myself. It's just to be really not uh, not asking others to not asking others for a permission to be myself, but giving myself that permission. So I'm in charge, nobody else, not my father at the time, not my husband, not my, Mother, not my brother, not society, not my teachers, none, nobody, me.
0: Hmm. That's very powerful.
1: And this is what I've seen. And whenever I seek for somebody else, to somebody else for permission to do something or don't do something, and if I listen to them because I get insecure in the moment, it's not a good thing. It doesn't mean that I'll die because of it, but, you know, I just every time learn that this
0: is not a good thing. Mm. Advice. Advice is easily dispensed. Mm. But I found that is usually based on what they would do for themselves.
1: Yeah, and people usually tell you things from their fears. And that's it. It's, It's interesting. What we think we should do from what we actually are doing is, is two different things and should comes from the outside and what is comes from the inside
0: perfect yeah i'm still thinking about that that man that young man <laughs> yeah
1: yeah God, you know what, what makes me think sometimes? I mean, he's totally unaware of our conversation today and I hope he's alive still. I don't even remember his name. That You can have such a profound impact on somebody's life without knowing it. Just because you're yourself. I mean, he was just himself then. He wasn't
0: trying to pre- pretend to be anyone. It's just beautiful just beautiful it is and now i'm a little emotional me too (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. because it's i hadn't realized for myself and i mention anka again Hmm. and that i being diane and showing up as i am Hmm. in exactly the state of mind or frame of mind i happen to be having in any given moment can have such a huge impact on others. And you articulated it really beautifully. Mm -hmm. And maybe
1: that's the takeaway from him, thinking back to it. I wasn't really ever sure how that has to do, what that has to do with being myself. But maybe that is, just seeing that. And we do lots of things. We don't know why, because... They just come and then we create stories about why is he so important to me, Uh, but maybe just that. Mm. But yeah, he is probably that story. That person I met is probably one of the most important people in my life. And I don't even know his name. It's wow.
0: I was going to ask you, it's strange, <laughs> these conversations, it's like witchery. Anker calls it witchery. But I was going to ask you his name, and then you said, I don't even know his name. And how long ago no. was this? You are. You but I 21. was probably
1: 21, 22, something like that. 22, maybe. Third year in university.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah 22. God, I'm 40 now. It was what, 18 years ago. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. I think unless you have any others and uh, uh, one thing you said before struck mm-hmm. me that you were surrounded by people who were in pain, people who had lost limbs mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to know what the war did to you and for you whoa
1: it's interesting. I never really go back to thinking that war has, people go, you, you survived war, you've been a refugee, it must have had a huge impact at you. But I never really saw it as a negative impact. It was hard. It was, it's a story of resilience, really. But it did, it did make me probably well, f- one thing that I've actually noticed just very recently, um, I'm about to write about it, is how much anger and guilt I carried from that time through my life. And I've seen glimpses of it, and I've been changing it from being really, really angry because people allow this thing to happen, and how could they be so stupid, and both sides, all three sides. And I... Thought I dealt with that, but recently another bubble came up, where I saw that I still carried anger. When I, for example, when I see a homeless person and or I see somebody in in pain that it's not necessary, and that that it's caused by society we live in, I uh, I get really angry and I also feel very guilty because I can't do much about it. Or so I thought. And then you're gonna write about it, so you're gonna yeah. do something about it, right? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. yeah. But what what changed, what I realized few days after this bubbled up again, is that I felt really grateful for the life that I have, which I never ever felt before. Like I was grateful for grateful for many things and many people in my life and you know, all of that. But this is like another depth of gratefulness where I'm absolutely okay with whatever is going on. It doesn't matter that I don't get upset from moment to moment, but it's really, really interesting. And what got me to see is that you cannot help people. You cannot help society if you're angry because you don't connect. And I've seen this changing quite a few relationships over, over just a few days. Your relationships with people? My relationships with people. They were not really important to me. They're not really close to me. But friends or acquaintances or people that I relate in some way, I got much deeper and those relationships got opened up.
0: And I always thought... You Can know, I stop you just them. a minute and ask mm-hmm. you a question? Because I'm not sure I'm following. So, because you had this insight that with, through anger you can't really connect and really relate. Mm. Now mm. you're deepening those relationships, and yes. you, uh, that's what you're saying. Okay, carry on. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's it's really interesting because I thought that they were the cause mm. of stranded or. Strange relationships or very superficial relationships. With some people you just don't really connect on some exactly. level. Yeah. And you think that you're fine. You're, I'm very communicative. I don't have problems relating to people. I'm fine with everyone. <laughs> but then you go, oh, actually. I'm so not. I'm not. It's really, it's really deepening this, this connection that knowing who you are, allowing you yourself. To see
0: I've lost are, you. Uh, no matter how uncomfortable i love I'm losing you. is it me so we're back. we had some internet uh, challenges, and mm. you were talking about guilt, but I've forgotten what you were talking about. I hope you remember
1: <laughs> yeah, uh yeah, where did we stop? Yeah, so I had guilt related to to the to that feeling of anger. Because I thought I can't change anything, mm. and being in that situation in the past, being a refugee, and seeing how human stupidity, mm. how fears, and greed mm. destroys human lives, and thinking that I can't do anything about it, induced lots of guilt in me guilt for me having a different life and not doing anything about it now but as i said i see it now in a different way i see it as grateful to be where i am and actually i am doing a lot about it i just am not always aware mm. as you said just just being yourself changes the lives of people around you people start seeing the world differently and hopefully instead of getting angry they will feel more love towards people around them differences between us will not be so visible actually there are no differences it's just man-made construction yeah so yeah being grateful on a deeper
0: level has or actually yeah
1: i think gratefulness yeah, yeah
0: yeah I I, I I think everybody is my coach actually, because you referred to something just very briefly just now mm. about just being yourself and and I realize that anybody I come in contact with, if I'm open to accepting them as mm. they are, then their way of being teaches me to see things about my own life and about more, my own personality. And about, mm. it helps me. So mm. we, we don't, we have no idea, actually. Very few people have this knowing of how impactful it is, how powerful it is to just be yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, we've, <laughs> we've
1: always been... Slept o- over our fingers when when we were kids. You you should be like this. You has you have to be like this. You can't do this. You should do that. But none of that is true. And and I think for people to start questioning that can be really powerful on a beginning at least. Yeah. You know, is this really is this really true?
0: And on this note, I think we can end this conversation it's been lovely having you thank you for your wonderful stories and for being so open thank you for inviting me i I hope they will (laughs) be powerful to some people as they were for me who needs the the people who who need to hear it will hear it yeah exactly yeah exactly thank you Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can go to my website, butv.com and listen to any any of the other episodes you might have missed. Or you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes podcasts. Bye for now.